This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is, this, this is a, like a real thing. Like if you're mad, if you're upset, if, uh, if there's something going on, like the, I, there's, there's often for me an idea, maybe it's a wrong, maybe it's a moment. It's, it's an injustice is something that cause you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it. And like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 541, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 541. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Uh, he's back. He's he's returned. I'm excited. I'm. I think I missed this. And with Ron, <laughs> where did you go? Where we? I'm okay. Hello, I'm Ron. Josh, we were very concerned. I haven't listened. Were there? Yes. We, I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine what was said. <laughs> we basically we we didn't know where you were. We all we knew is that you weren't on the show, but we didn't know where you were. Okay. So, yeah. 
I'm and, not I, so so are you some sort of Chuck Barris type who disappears <laughs> yeah. with no no explanation? <laughs> just I'm uh, gone. We are a fanboy and we like comics. Stack <laughs> <laughs> of comics and deflect. And one of us picks their favorite book and we call that the pick of the week. We will talk about that book, other books, some books, stuff. I'm going to do things, I'm get some stuff, talk about some mail. I'm very, proud of, I'm very proud of a Chuck Barris reference, by the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and there's always a moment where I'm like, Chuck Barry? Nope. 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 We're not talking about the Poet Laureate of Rock. Uh, it will be fun. That's the next line in the script I didn't get to. Uh, here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. Do the math. Uh, Connor, you had the pick. I did. And uh, this was a really strong week for me. I had a hard time making the pick. It came down to a handful of books, and I whittled it down to two really strong books. We're going to talk about both of them on this show. Um, By the end of the day, Aquaman, number one, from uh, writer Dan Abnett, artist Brad Walker, Andrew Hennessy on inks, Gabe Eltabe on colors. This, I think, was the issue that I wanted Aquaman Rebirth, number one, to be. Interesting. In it, Interesting. It it felt exciting. It felt somewhat fresh. The art, and we're going to talk a lot about the art in the DC books this week. Uh, the art was very off DC model, in a good way. It it was not. It didn't feel like a house style that we've all gotten beaten into submission with over the last five years. Um, I really loved the the look of Brad Walker's very untraditional superhero stuff, and he's done he's obviously done it before, but this is. Aquaman's about as traditional superheroes as you can imagine. And uh, so his take on these characters and the, the page layouts and uh, even the body language was very unusual. There's, I mean, it was this was a really good-looking book. And um, one of my favorite things about it was that it was a surprising issue. So this is all about Aquaman opening up the Atlantean uh, um, embassy. And all the dignitaries coming to uh, and it had, visit it, it. It has a neat name. What was it called again? It's like the yes. something. We'll oh, find what? it as we talk. What was that? Yeah, I'll find it. I was very impressed by the branding of the Atlantean spin embassy. Drift. The yeah, spin drift. I want to go to the spin drift. It sounds like an amusement park. A little metal. <laughs> or a laundromat. Um, and uh, so they're opening up for the press and dignitaries and, and their employees, like the, the, the Royal Marine... The Royal Navy's uh, Royal li- liaison has shown up, and she meets an Atlantean military guy. You think, okay, here's going to be the romance, the subplot romance for this series, and then he immediately gets killed. That was surprising. I expected that, you know, to play out more. Yep. So that was. I always like being surprised in these in these stories. And uh, this was just. This felt like a fresh Aquaman story. And I know one of the things we complain a lot about uh, with Rebirth was it felt very retready, whereas this. Even though it's still the tension between the surface world and the uh, uh, the Atlanteans, which is never going to not be there, it still felt like it was done in an interesting way, and I really well, this was very, very exciting. So now, so now, Mike, and I, I somewhat agree with you there, um, but but then it it I felt you know it, it breaks down into a violent conflict with Black Manta, which just seems again like same old, same old. Did you not feel that or? Well, it's a superhero comic, so eventually there's going to be a violent conflict with the arch nemesis, and that's fair enough, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair you right. know what's what's interesting is that like I've read like a handful of Aquaman now, and then I don't really remember reading a ton of Black Manta though. Mm-hmm. It's it, I know that that that's like his his Luthor, but I've. I, you know, like so, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I've actually ever seen this outside of Super Friends. So I was gonna say, but I was gonna say I think the majority of my exposure to Black Manta has been Super Friends. Yeah, <laughs> and because I haven't really read it in comics form, I was like, all right, you know, let's go with it. Let's see what it is. Because th- wasn't there like a very different Black Manta in the New Fifty Two? Uh, there was. I feel like this one. Well, is... there's Black Manta, and there's also Ocean Master. He has a yeah, lot of very exactly. similar villains. The Black they Manta, his Joker, is basically his. Yeah, Joker. they don't. They don't. Th- those villains don't tend to stick with me all that. Well, much, they, so. they brought they brought Black Manta uh, back with Jeff Johns's run with the New yes. Fifty Two, yeah. bro. And I, 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 I vaguely, I just have echoes of I think it. I, was out. I, I will say that the that the Black Manta character design is is fantastic. Oh, that giant helmet! That's, yeah, that's great. It's both scary and ridiculous at the same time. It's, yep. it's one of those things where they were like, "What if we just keep with this really old, goofy costume, yeah. which is so unusual for DC now?" So it's, it's refreshing. Um, uh, we're gonna all gonna ignore that it's ridiculous, and we're gonna have we're gonna treat him like a real villain. It's great. What do you think of Brad Walker's art? 
I pretty much what you did. Like I, I like I like him a lot. I like you know it's it's not it's not blowing my doors off, but it's different enough from everything yep. uh, that I dig it. I think I want to say it was Paul Pelletier, yeah. maybe on this for the last sort of run I was reading, which is like very Jurgensian. Mm-hmm. Is that? Sort of, you know, like, and I, I like it when they switch it up from there. Um, and I think it's necessary. I actually, I was impressed by, I, I think that, I don't think we talked about it much at the time, but I think adding Dan Abnett to a bunch of these books has been a real good move for DC. Like, he yes. can do, he's good. Like, he's not, read he's that, not out there. I read, you know, I didn't read Justice League 51 last I, week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it last week? Two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, 52 week. came out this week. Yeah. Um, because my thought was, okay, we've moved on to Rebirth. I'm just not going to read any, any more of the lingering, you know, it's issues so, that came out it's late. It's so weird that 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 lingering that that yeah. Just anyway, it's however, Josh uh, of all people <laughs> said no. you must re- you must read this, and I did, and it was written by Dan Abnett. It was a one shot story of a flashback to the you know the first time Dick Grayson as Robin went on a mission with the Justice League, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think Dan Abnett's a really strong get. He's not a he's not a name that. Uh, he's not an A-list guy, but he's like a B- high B-list guy. And, and, uh, and you know, I don't know uh, who who's his who is his former at Landing Andy Landing. Like I don't yeah. know what their division of labor was when they were working together. But you know, Adnet Landing did a lot of really wonderful comics. There was a time yeah. where if they were doing a book, it was like get that book. Yeah, solid, uh, very solid. And and I'm I'm feeling a lot of that in in the Abnet stuff I'm reading. It it's, it's making me really happy. It's it's been sort of the best part of all this. Um, and I think that you're right. Like that first rebirth issue, those are all almost throwaways. They just did them, and now we're as we're getting into it, we get to see sort of what the stuff well, actually is. Let's talk about that for a second. So we were lamenting before this this show started that there were no uh, rebirth issues this week, so we couldn't do our ratings segment. Ratings, ratings. Ironically, because this is the week that Mates came back with their hundredth episode, and ratings. Is, Mates is the inspiration for the ratings segment. If you don't know what that is, look up Mike and Tom eat snacks. And, uh, and congratulations to them for a uh, hundred episodes. 100 episodes yes. yeah. yeah, and there's no ratings. There's no there's no rebirth books next week either. Uh. And it's just such a bizarre strategy to do these books, but put them out piecemeal. But then also then do number ones. I, I feel like they just should have just done number ones. Yeah. A friend of mine put up a picture of Superman Rebirth one and then Superman number one. And he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to read first. And I was looking at them going, you know what? I have no idea. And, and, I was, and, like, and also, was, that storyline has action and JLA stories that weave in between them, and it's a mess. Yeah. I, I was, I, I told my girlfriend that Wonder Woman number one came out this week, and she's a big Wonder Woman fan. She said, I thought I already read that. And I was like, yep. yeah, so no, v- you didn't. Very, con- very, very confusing approach to take the covered dress and keep the word rebirth on these number one issues. Like it's yeah. it's confusing. It's very confusing. It is like I when I saw them next to each other, I realized because I was reading them as they came out. But if I'd have gone into the store like two weeks yes. later to pick up stuff, I, I'd be completely the same lost. Yeah. Yep. So they should have just done number one. So they should have done these rebirth yep. stories. It would have been much easier for everyone, including us. We would have done more ratings. Thing. Whatever. We we soldier on. I just I love this. I'm, I'm a big Aquaman fan, but uh, I think the Brad Walker art helped a lot. It helped me pick. Okay, so maybe they are going to try something a little different art wise with these books. Yeah. It's, it's not even like like uh, revolutionary. It's just, no, not at all. It's just not house style. Yeah, which yep. is it, it's it's almost like being in a desert. You get a little bit of water. Yeah, it's like oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, it was uh, with the water. There you go. There's the Aquaman yeah. connection. I was disappointed at the lack of chowder uh, in this issue, but uh, you know, I I assume we'll get more. But yeah, no, this was this was interesting. It was definitely. I mean, it was definitely a compelling take. I personally, I was surprised that it was your pick of the week, though, Connor. I mean, I I I, I love Aquaman. I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Aquaman. Yeah, I know you do, but I, I thought I thought maybe the Flash number one would would. Sneak well, the Flash in. was. There were three books that made it to the end. Um, and I was really glad to not have to write a one thousand word review at the end of the at the end of agonizing <laughs> over. Um, so I, I came out to three books: the Flash number one from Josh Williamson and Carmine DJ Gia Domenico uh, was very very close. Um, it came in third; it got the bronze. But uh, this was also great. And again, we, we Carmine D. I'm just going to call him Carmine. Carmine. Uh, Carmine DG. Call him the Big Ragu. The Big Ragu also drew the <laughs> Rebirth issue, so it's not so surprising. But again, this is another DC book that does not look like yep. DC books used to look like. I really and like the Big Ragu. This was Ragu. a great 
he's the big raccoon is really great. <laughs> I don't love. I I I wish that they would pull it back a little with the Photoshop effects and the coloring. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just because, like, the line work is so nice that if they had sort of drawn that into the art itself, yeah. it would have been cool. But I, I get it. Matthew Wilson can't color everything. It's true. We're gonna see that. We're gonna see that a couple times. Jordy Jordy Belair could do it. And Dave Stewart. <laughs> Dave Stewart can't color it at all. But this is this is um, this is a nice fusion run, I think, of the TV show and yep. the art and comic worlds. They found a nice middle ground. They even go to they even go to jitters. Yeah, I saw that. So I rolled my eyes a little, a little, a all, little bit. They didn't go all the way over. They went like up to the, the, the twelve, and they came back down to the, to the three. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> um, I think this is great. I mean, I'm trying. To, I like how the lines on the suit sort of come off of the suit. Yep. You know, they sort of lightning bolts and not just stupid dumb yellow lines on a suit for no reason. Although it only really happens in this comic, and when he appears in other books, it's really terrible. Um, I mean, this is great. This is really fun. So that's a point for the colorist. Yes, I assume yeah. the colorist is doing it. Well, I don't, so at least well. them working together. Like he's he's yeah. executing. I mean, it's still, yeah. I'm going to try to get over it and not mention it every time, but like the Flash, I think, is one of the best all time superhero costumes. It's Absolutely. Simplicity, it's wonderful, and they made I, it unsimplistic, and it's. I awful. do think that it is one of those costumes that looks great on a page, but like making it into the real world doesn't really work all that well. Possibly. Like that's why they put those other lines on it, because it just looks weird as one sort of blank red. But it worked you know, as blank. Sleep. It worked as blank red for so long. I mean, I think it were I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm talking about in real life. I, well, I mean, you know, it did. Yeah. It, it worked fine in the 1990s TV show. John yeah, was a, was a yeah, but that was, was all velvety and shit. Like it was. It was he realized velvet. George Costanza's dream in the early 90s. Yep. Was complete, he was entirely ensconced in velvet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm really, I'm really excited to be reading the Flash and comics again. I mean, it's you know, like as we know, I've been enjoying the TV show, and now you know, I'm excited what the direction Josh Williams is and is taking it in. I think they're taking in the right, the right influences from the TV show, uh, but but the fact that it's tied so much into what's going on in the greater DC universe is like just an added kind of thing. It's it's exciting, yes. exciting time for a Flash fan. I I really enjoyed this. So. Although he kind of shunted it all aside at the beginning, as a kind yeah. Of- <laughs> Batman and I, you know, we're going to work on it, but not right now. Not right and, now. I got, a, uh, I got a case to solve. So. Yeah. Um, but it was, this felt, this felt great. This felt really good. And also, uh, talk about, again, on traditional art, Wonder Woman number one from Greg Rucka and Liam Sharp, colors by Laura Martin. Um, Liam Sharp, again, I think very non traditionally DC art. Yeah. Um, which is I probably was... the most I could say about. I, I don't, I don't know what it is about. When Greg Rucker writes Wonder Woman, that I just don't feel connected to. Yeah, um, I I was very very impressed uh, by Liam Sharp. Yes, yes, very, very impressed. Yeah, so, and also well, I I picture Steve Trevor as as rock and roll from GI Joe, <laughs> which, really, which makes me really happy. <laughs> in, in this world, rock and roll dated Wonder Woman. That's pretty cool. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I connected with it from a story standpoint. I mean, I, yeah. I you know, like I, 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 it was all right, but I was more, I was more just, I found myself, uh, you know, kind of enjoying the art as I turned from page to page and less. Yeah. The Liam Sharp art's really great. The yeah. final page with, uh, Cheetah yeah. revealed a really great page. Yeah. This is, these four books were four books that are, yeah, three books. From books that did not look anything like a DC book looked six months ago. Yeah, feels like they're they're. I don't know if they're listening to us, but they're listening to somebody. Somebody else must have thought that. Like we have to make so. these books look better. I, 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 I definitely think that if you if you look at these three books together as like a sampling of the new status quo, or whatever it's it's you know it's probably too early to pronounce victory, you know, because sales will dictate and all this sort of stuff. But right now, going in a good direction. I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I'm I, I, you guys, you guys probably talked about it last week, but I, but like, even the Fincher Batman book looked better than. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Like, I was like, I, that wasn't offensive. Yep. It's <laughs> not not quite as far as I'm willing to go, but you know. Uh, well, um, but no, those are all good things. We haven't been able to say good things like that in a while. It's always like, look, the art on this is is is, is interesting. We, you know, that's. Yeah. That show, just, that show cover and the Carl Kurt, the covers are great. <laughs> the variant covers are really Virtual good. cover on Flash. And the Dave Johnson cover. I assume that 
Ron, you're sticking with the Flash, but not Wonder Woman or Aquaman. Um, TBD. Hmm. I, I think yeah. I, I'm definitely sticking with the Flash. Depending on how big the weeks are when stuff comes out, um, I would probably read Aquaman next and then Wonder Woman. So at some Josh. point, at some point, I will fall off. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> I'm right. almost exactly where he is. Like at some point, I, the, bron- the Bronco is going to buck you off. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also just think like like the novelty of it's going to go away, and if it's not super gripping, then I won't want to keep up with it. Yeah, right. All right. And Wonder like like I, I, only reason I'm reading Wonder Woman now is because I want to like it. Yes. And it's not because I do like it. I really um, wonder. She's a character like Superman. For, for different reasons, though, where the weight of the character's symbol- symbolism is too much for the storytellers. Interesting. I feel like they're too worried about telling a story that checks all of these buckets when they're just not, and they're not just telling a story. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the searching for who I am story. I don't. I don't need it. I don't care. I don't. I don't need you to have her find out who they are. I need you to make a decision about who she is and tell that story. Oh. If that makes sense. I get it. Um, yeah, same thing with, yeah, same thing with, I'm almost that way about Flash. I'll probably keep with, I like Flash, and I'm really happy that you guys are happy with it, but I'm also not super compelled by it, if that, right. if that makes a difference. Now, we, we, we put the show together, and everybody, you know, the person with a pick produces the show. Ratings. I, I solicit the uh, no, not now. other books that every, the guys want to talk about, and Josh goes, I'd like to talk about two Dan Jurgens comics. <laughs> I was like... Whoa! All right. And speaking of art, um, Justice League Fifty Two with art by well, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Tom Grummet, and one of the inkers was Scott Hanna. I was like, yeah. talk about being transported back to the nineties. <laughs> hey, Danny, for me in a good way because I that was a I loved Grummet and Hanna as an art team in the nineties. So the Superman Lex story. Like, first of all, I don't know why this is in Justice League. No idea. I and I don't remember. It. Yeah, and I don't remember which action or, I guess action was the one where they're fighting. So then Justice League was basically the a bit of a backstory on why Luther is Superman now, in his own mind. It's all a mess. It's not. I love it. I'm completely. No, no, no. I mean the story fights where these things yeah. live is a mess. Yeah, totally. And I and I, like if you had to ask me to explain it to you between rebirth, Superman, action, like I, I don't know. I, but I, I'm kind of I'm reading them all as they're coming out, and for some reason, I'm super into it. And maybe this, maybe Dan Jurgens writing Superman is what I actually wanted. Maybe this Listen, is the he, thing that we, he didn't write an, a Green Arrow that felt relevant and fresh. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he is tuned into Superman's world. It doesn't yeah. all make complete sense. But uh, just you, because but it's not I his see- fault. Oh, I read it. Yeah, definitely. But like, it's not. Like, it's not his They're fault. Good. It doesn't make sense. But these are good. These are good, solid Superman books. Like the, that Justice League issue with 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 Luther is great, and you, because the whole time you're you're like fuck that guy, and you're kind of like yeah, but you know, like you can't <laughs> pin down on on where he is or where you want to be on him, and that is really interesting. That's that where Luther needs to live. Yeah, I don't like Luther as a straight up villain. It doesn't work that way. Like he he works as a guy with dubious morals, who who is trying to help, but because he's I don't know. It's also it's great. He's great, and this was like it's so stupid. Like him in his suit that he got from from Apocalypse, and but it works. Like I'm I'm I totally want to know where this story is going to go. Um, and then even at the same time, um, over in action, I didn't I didn't hate the Dark Side story or the not sorry, not Dark Side um, Doomsday story so much mm-hmm. because of the stuff that was going on around it, like what that meant, and watching these guys have to work together. Um, like like Doomsday was just sort of there as the deterrent, but it wasn't the story. Right, it was uh, about the, about Superman and Lex being a team. Yeah, so I'm I'm um, just, these I'm digging these these issues. Surprising. I didn't say I didn't really like. I thought the coloring and action hurt the art. There was definitely there were a couple of pages. There's a page where Superman catches the train, and it looks like not good. <laughs> wait, does he? Wait, does he physically catch a train? Did he, make, or, he, just, or did he, he just made it? He just made it as it was like. like <laughs> First of all, that's very funny. Because <laughs> I did not say it like that. <laughs> no, he says there's a scene now where I'm just picturing like, over yeah. here, taxi. Yeah, no, there's, no, a scene, there's a scene where he catches, catches a train, and it's literally like him like looking to see what track it's on and running. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that. And looking Holding his fedora on while he runs <laughs> with his briefcase. No, he literally catches his hand. Yeah. The conductor's half out of the door with the watch looking, making sure it's... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Looking at his pocket watch, shaking his head. Mm, not gonna make do you have it. Do you, do you have that? <laughs> do you have that in front of you, Connor? Yes, I do. There's like a there's a page where like he grabs the front of the train, and I guess the windows pop, and like like the faces inside the train are just. It looks like they blew it up from a smaller photo. I, is, I need I, to get the 607 to Smallville. <laughs> trying it, to move uh, on, Richard. It, I, thought the, I thought the Patrick Zercher art was not as strong as the last issue. Yeah, Maybe it definitely it just came out two weeks ago. Yeah, it um, definitely had a week to get this done kind of thing going on. And it wasn't yeah. like that through the whole issue. It was just sort of near the... the I thought the coloring it. was very... It's the coloring, well, actually, yeah. The coloring is really bizarre, and this is very heavy-handed. Um but you're right. This, this is, this is a, I like this idea, this idea of it's sort of a play on the death of Superman in which you've got yeah. the old Superman plus Lex Luthor trying to take over and there's not neither one's given an inch on it. The other Clark, which is uh, yeah, the weird. other Clark. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm gonna go ahead and walk back some of my earlier reservations. So right. I'm having fun with it. Let's keep going. Now the other the book that was very nearly pick of the week came in second was Power Man and Iron Fist number five. It's David Walker guess. Guest artist Flaviano. I was first when I opened the issue and saw that it wasn't uh, Sanford Green. That's who it is, right? Yeah. Uh, I was bummed, but by the end of it, I was I was into the Flaviano art, and this was a really, really fun one shot. Uh, the first sort of official adventure of Power Man and Iron Fist as a team through the, through the lens of a local DJ who's narrating the action. That's uh, that's supposed to be Sam Jackson from Do the Right Thing, right? That's who I heard in my head. Okay. Okay. Well, um, look at his face. Yeah, I, I really, face. I really like the, I really like the turning the prism on the story and hearing, you know, like so. There's this uh, Power Man, Iron Fist fight this guy, and you hear about it from the person who like took the viral video, and then the hot dog vendor, and then from the actual guy. Like, is everybody has their different point of view of the story? And I thought that it was well, the Rash- the Rashomon effect, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the <laughs> look at you. Um, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing about it, just like the whole series for me so far, it was right on the edge of being like. Too cute, but it was it was on the good side of it. So I was I was I had fun with it. It was a great issue. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I it, it it's when you pair the right creator with the right character, you get a magical book like this. I think I'm prepared to call this a little a magical book. It's five issues. Yep, and they have dropped the ball. This they've they've created this tone and this wonderful voice for these characters that feels very authentic and real. And you don't get it in any other book to the point where these characters are going to start to feel wrong in other books. They need to cancel uh, it at eight. Yeah. It, never goes, just, <laughs> it always goes downhill from there. I just love how big they make Luke Cage. Yeah. When, when they're in the radio station doing the interview, and he's just, it's like he's squeezing into the room. And it's, and it's ridiculous. And it's on that edge, Josh, it's of being really cartoonish. But in this particular world, I think of this book, it really works. So is Manslaughter Marsdale it's awesome, the exact same character, but just with less moral fortitude? Maybe. <laughs> Seems like it. Because he can't, he can't feel pain. I guess that's not the same as Unbreakable Skin. Yeah. Right, that's different. I think I'd rather have the Unbreakable Skin. I don't want to feel pain. Yeah, oh, but your arm you... could be hanging off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel pain, you... That actually is a real syndrome, and uh, it's dangerous because yeah. you don't know if you're injured or not. Right, yeah. yeah. Um. I liked it. I liked it a lot. All right, cool. It was, really, it was hard, but you know, we, it's it was hard, hard to work. like. No, it's hard to. Not, it was. It was a hard choice between, pick between this and Aquaman. Yeah. Lately, I haven't really had that dilemma. This was like I had to sit in it for a while. Right. How long? Well, I spent lunch, my lunch break thinking about it. I, I know <laughs> we're under a deadline here, but I can't help but just. Re- re- I don't know. You know. Uh, you made a, you made a joke about thirty seconds ago about it all going wrong. Well, I see that next it, next issue is all about Civil War too, so possibly that's where it goes wrong. There you go. They're gonna have to get every whenever something's going really great. There's an event that sucks them in there. Where you're just like, all right, <laughs> or like see Ms. Marvel. Yep. Um, well, one book that had the Civil War two banner uh, that I read, but not because of the Civil War two banner, um, was uh, totally awesome Hulk number seven. And, Don't uh, read this. I, I uh, forgot about this, nev- and then I fell behind. Never started. Haven't been reading it at all. Um, luckily, I can report on, as we started last week, Josh, you missed it, but I'm enjoying Adventures in Marvel releases that have the Civil War II banner that have nothing to do with Civil War II, and this issue had nothing to do with Civil War II at all, at all. 
Um, but at all, uh, at all, at all, zip, at all, nothing. Ratings, ratings. Um, but can you can you make one guess why I randomly started reading this issue? Alan Davis. Alan Davis art inked by Mark Farmer. And it looks glorious. Alan Davis draws an amazing Hulk, and he's one of my favorite artists. And I was really surprised that this is actually really good. Like, I don't, I have no idea what's going on in the Hulk world. I don't know what Greg Pak's doing, but so apparently... Greg Am- Pak knows Hulk. Am- Amadeus Cho is now has the Hulk power and has control over it and can cha- change, go green and go back down at will. And Banner is completely gamma-free and has no Hulk in him at all. And this issue was all about him dealing with that. And he's kind of. So wait, why is he being targeted in Civil War then? I I guess we'll find out. But in this book, he's got zero gamma radiation, and he gets angry, and he doesn't turn to the Hulk. But then he goes on a lot of self-destructive behavior, and he's doing crazy, crazy stuff. And I guess he's trying to trigger the Hulk or trying to, you know, figure it out or whatever. And then Iron Man comes down because he's concerned about him, and Banner is in a casino, and uh, I don't know why. And uh, Banner loses it and says, you know, like, I just want to be left alone. You shot me into space. You lied to me and just, you know, and and you know, bangs the table. And Tony says, you know, you're right. And steps out of the armor and says, you want to take a shot? Take a shot. And then Banner realizes that he doesn't have any anger and doesn't isn't the Hulk. And so he hugs Tony. And that's how it ends. And it was I thought, um, I thought he was always angry. Yeah. Well, no, it says my name is Bruce Banner and I used to be the Incredible Hulk. And that's how it ended. So uh, I ever after. Hopefully, well, doubtful, but uh, nothing to do with uh, Civil War Two, but a whole lot to do with Alan Davis. And if he's on this book on a regular basis, I will keep reading it. So, there you go. You know what's interesting is that uh, a couple years ago, was it Sean Murphy who said that the anchor was going to go away? Yep. And we we talked about that in our fanboy at the time, and yep. and we do these shows and we put together the scripts with the creative teams on it, and there are no more anchors. On, well, well, the, on the on the old on the new books, but only two. We're talking about a lot of books this week. Only two of them had inkers. One was uh, Alan Davis and Mark Farmer, and the other was what we just talked about Action Comics with uh, yeah. Tom Grummet and three inkers: Danny, Danny Mickey, Mark Morales, and Scott Hanna. And the, the old school guys are like, "Fuck that!" I'm, I'm, I also like. I'll but, pencil this, but no, but but also, ahead, but also, I think you know, going back to last week, and Josh wasn't here, but we commented about David Finch's artwork on Batman, and he had an inker, and I think that had a lot to do with why it was, you know, like why it was less Finchy, you know, like it was, yep. you know, it, it, it the there's, inker brought brought the lines in a little, and so yeah. There's so. two. Well, there's two other things going on there. One is that for the DC books, where they've got to go every two weeks, they can't. Like they, right. they have to have more people working on them just to no, get the only, them. only one. It was just the one with Tom Kremit. And none of the other books had inkers. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, then oh, the sorry, other part I'm is sorry, just. I'm sorry. Aquaman did that. Aquaman. I know that I've been writing lists of inkers every time. Aquaman had an inker. Justice League had an inker. Yeah. So, like, it. on those sort of big books, I feel like production wise, they, they just they need a bigger team to get it done. The, I mean, but the other side of it is economically, rates are lower. Yeah, than they well, have it's, it's cost saving, and uh, and it's you know twenty pages instead of twenty two. So if you're an artist, you want to get paid more, so you're going to do your own inks if you can. Yeah. Sure, like that's that's yep. the thing that's happening. But, but these old school guys, they don't have to do that. They're like, yeah. fuck it. In my yeah, day, I didn't it's just like I don't even want a pencil. Just give me something to ink. Yep. I'll do that, yep. and it's yep. wonderful. All right. So what's also wonderful is all of you wonderful people in the iFanbase who have chosen to step up and help support iFanboy. Uh, we thank you for doing that, and we want to thank you uh, again because we'll do it every every week because we love you. Um, and remind you, if you haven't yet, you can go to iFanboy.com support, and there you can find different ways to support iFanboy. Uh, if you shop on Amazon, there's a link there to go shop on Amazon, and it passes our little code, and therefore every, every item you purchase at Amazon, we get a little cut from Amazon. Nothing comes out of your pocket. It comes directly out of directly out of Jeff Bezos's pocket and into ours, and we thank everybody who does that. Uh, very ex- excellent. If you need to buy a television, we recommend Amazon. Um, and finally, there's a uh, there's a link there to make a direct donation via PayPal of any denomination you like. Uh, we thank everyone who does that as well. That that's the true sign of ge- generosity. We appreciate it. And of course, we want to thank all of our iFanboy members uh, who who have signed up at three dollars a month to thirty dollars a year to help support iFanboy. And stay tuned because we've got some exciting stuff coming uh, in the world of uh, ways for you to support iFanboy. Uh, so we're going to keep teasing that until we announce it. But, uh, yeah, good stuff coming. So thank you in advance. If Brian Wood wants to keep doing medieval hack slash chop in barren wasteland uh, stories and comics, who am I to stop him? Right. So um, Black Road number three is out. And uh, I j- I'm just like, oh. It's basically Northlanders, and that's great because that book ended just as it was getting really good for me. Yeah. And uh, I just yeah. want to make sure that people know that 
because I would like to keep reading it. Yeah, I'm glad that he went back to this genre, you know, and, you know, because we Northlanders was great and clearly he does it well. And this is fantastic. So, yeah, I've liked this book more than every issue. I didn't love issue one, but I like two more than one and like three more than two. Yeah, we're on what are we on? They're on three and like each one is definitely led some given us something more. I don't quite I don't know what it is or I don't know what's going to happen quite yet, but I'm I'm more intrigued as we keep going on as opposed to less. So. Cool. Uh, it's good. It's beautiful, too. It's really yeah. well done. So earlier I was talking about uh, Civil War two tie-in books. This one definitely tied into Civil War two. It's called <laughs> Civil War two Choosing Size, number one. And I just wanted to highlight quickly, this is just a, a little anthology of like kind of three satellite stories that are going on in and around the conflict of Civil War II. Um, but I wanted to highlight and give a little high five to uh, Mr. Declan Chalvey, who uh, not only drew his story but also wrote it. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if this is the first written, like writing Declan's ever done or not. I don't know, but it's it might be maybe. Think but, um, outside I was, of like 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 pro. Yeah. So I think he's written stories, but yeah. Well, hey, good job. So uh, Declan is one of our favorite creators, one of my favorite creators, and so I was I was delighted to see that he wrote and drew his story, and so that was pretty. It was it was really good. So I really like the Ultimates number eight this week. We yeah. we. This is one of my, still one of my favorite books. This is Kenneth Rocafort. was back on art. I don't, yep. I don't, I don't know. He's been he's probably on the last one. I just was always happy to see he's on the art. Um, this is also a heavy time in Civil War II in which we delve much more into Carol's point of view, why she's so militantly for violating people's civil rights by arresting them before they commit crimes. And uh, I liked it. I mean... I, I, I still I'm not behind the Civil War story, but I did like this issue. I, 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 I've been reading this for the last few months or something like that, and I, I like. And we're gonna talk. I guess I can I can sort of segue this into the next one. There feels like a, a lack of coherence between how the characters are in the different books. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't I don't know that I fully understand where they think Carol's coming from because I'm getting a slightly different take on it and everything. And She's, in this one, it felt in in Ms. Marvel, it felt really manipulative. Like she would explain it to her and then say like, "Okay, good. Now that you're on our side." And I was just like, "That's fucking that's awful to do to a, a young girl." You know what I mean? Fe- are we talking about Ms. Marvel or I'm still talking about oh. Ms. Marvel, but oh, Wait, well, hold on, we're still on the Ultimates. Um oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh but Yes, you're right. We can jump okay. into Miss Marvel number eight too, because it's similar. It's also about uh, Carol getting Miss Marvel on her side, and that one. Yes, you're right. That one felt very manipulative. And okay, good. Um, I, I think I thought wrong. what you talked about, so it seemed wrong. Okay, got it. Uh, well, no, these are, these are similar. That's why they're the group together. It, it, that one, I don't think. At least I didn't feel good about Carol in that issue. No, I, I felt really bad about it, which was I, I really like her as a character. So it was like because I've been reading not Alpha Flight, but whatever her book, Captain Marvel. And so it was. She, she does feel different in Captain Marvel than she does in these books. She feels more overtly, um, I don't want to say evil, but she's filling the Iron Man villain role of Civil War that mm-hmm. he had in the original one. Um, yeah. It's, it's unsettling. Yeah, well, and, 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 they've really, and, they've really, and they've really positioned Iron Man in the Captain America role of the right. first Civil War. Yeah, yeah. So um, It's unsettling, yeah. but I guess that's the point of it. Yeah. The, it's not right sort yeah. of role. Um, I mean, you, yeah. can, you can see the point of view. It's like, okay, well, sure, stop the th- bad thing before it happens, but then what does that mean? It's a minority report yep. problem, right? It's, it's, are they actually a criminal if they've only thought about committing a crime and actually haven't done it yet? And uh, that happens in Miss Marvel where they, she it's sends yeah. Marvel to stop somebody from robbing a store, but he hasn't actually even attempted it yet. He's just been thinking about it. And uh, does that make him actually a criminal or not? Right. Uh, clearly not. I think about doing <laughs> I think about running people over all the time in my car when I'm driving, and I don't actually do it. Um, so yeah, it's weird. It's a weird position to put Carolyn. I think. Yeah, I just don't like how she was portrayed. But I also like I don't like how she was portrayed in this book. It made her much more. Yeah. I'm right, and yeah, yeah. The this story, like, I didn't. Did, do we know who any of those other characters are who showed up? No, I've I, never seen them before. That was see. That was a little rough. Like, here's a new team of people, and I was like, who the hell are all these? I just learned who all these people are in the book normally. <laughs> what was funny about the redhead was that uh, they, you know, she, they drew her with a freckly face, but it just looked like her face was dirty. Yes, it did. Looked like she had pock marks. Like I was like, why is her face? Oh, it's supposed to be freckles. It just didn't work. Yeah. Do that with a coloring. Don't do it with pencil and ink. It just made her look like she had like a tattoo on her face. Yeah, or like Aquaman scales. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but clearly, when, you know, if you look at the cover for the next issue, Miss Marvel's not having any of it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting we're getting evil Carol. Carol. Yeah. Maybe when she cut her hair off, that was like it was like uh, Samson's morality. <laughs> it's nice. So, Sam Wilson, Captain America, number ten, or vice versa, however that is. Uh, basically, Sam has to give the eulogy for uh, James Rhodes, mm-hmm. and he goes into the back room of this. Uh, it's an AME church, and it's like every. Uh, I'm sorry, it was an AME church. AME, which is, is a a black church. Oh. Um, all over the giant cathedral. Um, I just watched the OJ thing, and the AME church in LA was a big part of that story. Anyway, um, which is why I remember that. Uh, and. Every black superhero from Marvel is in the room. It's like uh, Misty Knight, Black Panther, Luke Cage, Storm, Doctor Voodoo, New Nick Fury, and the girl who I don't know. And uh, I don't know. It was. I, I I don't know that Nick Nick Spencer was the person to write this. Yeah. I, and I, I hate I hate to say that, but like in the sort of atmosphere with which we live now. Um, and the idea about well, do you do you want white guys to be writing this kind of thing? Like it just felt like they they probably should have gotten somebody else to do it. That would be slightly more authentic. Now then, there's also the user imagination. But either way, like I don't know, it did it. <laughs> it didn't seem right. It was it was something was off about the about the whole thing. And like they were all at the funeral, and he kept saying like you know, and Tony's going through a thing, and I was like, well, I, I don't know that that's what's happening with the story. I don't know. It wasn't quite right. Looked good. They looked really good. All right. Well, that's well, I guess the, uh, <laughs> did either of you read this? No, but I mean, it just gets into dangerous territory when you cannot, when you yeah. can't it, have someone write it, something who's not themselves. It totally does, and I'm I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I thought it's hard to speak to some of this experience if you're not having this experience. I, I get I get that. I mean, we, we, you know. I, I'm not saying so we, we, we talk about it. the voice in Power Man Iron Fist being more authentic because the creative yeah. team is, is black. Uh, I get to totally get it. I just I also think we're in a weird. Yeah, dangerous but then at the time. same time, like if if I'm the editor or I'm Nick Spencer, like, well, you're telling this story, so why isn't in there? But the fact that he got all those other heroes together in that room, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. I'm not. That's not even a bad review. It's what I was thinking about as I was reading it. Um, but he gave a big speech and it was fine. It's good, and then rage shows up at the end. Right. Rage, 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 rage. Oh, rage. with the yellow yeah. mask, with the yellow mask. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yep. nice. Right on. They're going to take a stand, and rage has their backs. That's sort of the last page reveal because there's Thanks, these robots. rage. Um, uh, Mighty Thor number eight had nothing to do with Civil War number two, uh, but there was a moment in it that made me laugh. <laughs> uh, are either either of you reading this or? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so there's a there's a big secret meeting, uh, kind of Illuminati s meeting amongst uh, evil corporate villains uh, like Sebastian Shaw and the head of Alchemax and and uh, Ezekiel Stain and and Shingen Har- Harada from the Ashita Corporation and Kingpin. Um, and there's like a four panel shot of everyone around the table as they're meeting, and uh, the panel with Sebastian Shaw and Darren Cross. And I looked at it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I just saw it. I, it's like, why does it look like Darren Cross is on a little little chair on the table? And then like, and then I scrolled, and then I went to the next page, and I see the big table. And there's a little tiny chair, and it's and he's the villain in Ant Man, which makes sense. It's Darren Cross from the movie, and I'm not reading Ant Man, so I don't know is he permanently ant sized or whatever. But they made, they brought a, a little chair for him to sit on. <laughs> I am reading Ant Man, and I don't remember that part. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, can he? Can he? Wouldn't I feel like I don't know if he has the power to go full size. I don't know what's going on in the, the characters. I don't know if he's permanently that size or whatnot. I assume he is because he's. Did he bring the little chair? Did they have the little chair for him? Or like, why didn't you just go full size? Like, I, like every time I don't they know. every time they show the table and the little chair, I giggled. <laughs> I don't know why. I want to know how come the villain. Uh, what's her name? Has lipstick? Uh, Oubliette Midas has oh, yeah. lipstick on the outside of her mask. Well, it might be painted on. It's weird. Yeah. Well. It's so when the... she talks, what does it do? It just sort of wiggles. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Russell Dowderman's about getting to be about top ten now. Yeah, he's he's really really he's really good. <laughs> really, he's really good. Like yeah, and so then finally, I just wanted to mention the fact that a little a little deviation of Star Wars corner. Uh, s- several months later, 
Uh, Marvel has come out with Star Wars The Force Awakens, uh, the official comic adaptation. Um, and this is written by Chuck Wendig, uh, who wrote the book, what, the Aftermath book uh, that yeah. came out. Which I, I, did th- not, I just finished it. I did not read that. Several book. months, like six or seven months yeah, later. Yeah, six or seven months later. Like a month. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with art by Luke Ross. And I, historically, I, I'm a big fan of the comic adaptation. I, I, I have very fond memories of my Return of the Jedi comic adaptation uh, from the 80s. Uh, and unfortunately, this does not follow in that wonderful tradition at all. This was like this was like watching the movie on like two x speed. It, it just it like uh, do you do you remember the Batman eighty nine adaptation? Vaguely, yes. I had like three of them, and they were like double bags. Like this is going to be something. Yeah, and I remember that being really disappointing. Yeah, I think this, it was the last time I liked an adaptation. This was super disappointing, but yeah, it is what it is. I, I guess. just don't but know why it, they're doing it now. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's very it's strange. Good, like, come out with that the week the i mean traditionally they would yeah. come out a month before the movie came out yeah. but if the week the movie comes out it's yeah. fine yeah but it's just very strange it's basically just it's just go, it's just jumping from scene to scene like basically the first issue covers all the stuff on Jakku and Finn and 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 the and basically ends with them running to the falcon but it just it just like it has no heart or no personality to it it just is it's that star wars trilogy in 30 minutes thing yeah exactly and then and also the other thing not to nitpick but like i understand like when back in the day they did the adaptations off of the script and so there was often the comic looked slightly different than the movie because they didn't actually get to see the movie or whatever but here considering that it's six months later they've clearly seen the movie right yeah. And there was one moment when remember when Finn uh, frees Poe and they're, when they're on the the Star Destroyer and he pulls him aside and he's like um you know I need a pilot that whole scene and I gotta go back and look up the movie I, but I'm fairly certain Finn didn't have the blood handprint stormtrooper helmet in that scene right mm. I'm, I'm fairly certain that was yeah, no, he took it off yeah he took it, it was he took the helmet off yeah he, off. he was well, wearing no. the, the armor but he took right the helmet no off. no but but before he takes the helmet off when he's with Poe he he says he says Kylo Ren wants to see the pilot you know and so he takes him in the comic he still has the handprint on his on his on his on the helmet I'm like nah, no you can literally put the movie in and verify that I don't know I'm nitpicking but so well, you know what only but, one way to solve this I know go watch it I gotta go home and watch it again exactly oh well I'll be back I'll be back. <laughs> We'll all just wait here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all the books we enjoyed this week. Uh, we got some uh, feedback from you, the listeners. Uh, which one do we want to do first here? Let's do the voicemail first. Oh, there we go. All right. Hey, fanboys. This is Ryan calling from DC. I have a question regarding the uh, talk about Aquaman and the Rebirth book. And I saw that it was Pick of the Week this week. And that coincides nicely with my question because my question is, you were complaining that um, Aquaman always has the same challenge with Atlantis of the isolationist versus the separatist. So what if they made it more complicated and made it more of a Game of Thrones type thing where there were different kingdoms and maybe Aquaman wasn't the supreme ruler or was trying to keep the kingdom together or just generally make it a more complex, complicated story with a longer backstory and kind of tie into that cultural zeitgeist right now. So do you guys think that would work? Would that be interesting? Would you want to read it? Thanks, and I will take my answer off the air. The one benefit to not doing the voicemail line anymore and having people send audio clips in is much better audio quality. Very, yeah. Bravo, Ryan, on the audio audio quality. Good job. Well, he's he's a he's a podcaster of his own right. True. Yeah, should, yeah. Should yeah. be. I would be I would be more surprised if it didn't sound good. So. <laughs> You're supposed to sound good. <laughs> so, do so, we want to read a Game of Thrones esque Aquaman? No. Why? Why? I don't know. I well, I mean, I, I, I would, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say do it because Game of Thrones is popular, but if that's an yeah. angle that you have, then yeah, that, I mean, that, that was my yeah. my instinct was like, no, I don't want a Game of Thrones ask anything, yeah, but yeah, um, I mean, it would be interesting to 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 die to dive <laughs> to dive into the uh, the world of Atlantis. He and... caught the train. <laughs> Superman catching it, catching the train. <laughs> Oh. Um, no, but uh, it, it would be interesting to dive into the 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 you know the Atlantis kind of the factions and all that stuff. Because I guess the question is, is that like what makes Aquaman work? Does Aquaman does Aquaman work when it's about the conflict of the people of the sea with the people of the land, or does Aquaman work when he's underwater all the time? Well, Aquaman- the go ahead. The most popular long running version of Aquaman, the Peter David run, was mostly underwater stuff. Right. Yeah. It was. It was- Kind of what Ryan's talking about. Yeah. 
which was all about the politics and the power struggle uh, in Atlantis. Yep. I mean, obviously, well, he, he came popular. out. That's modern times. I mean, he went on for decades, not just. Sure, I'm talking, yeah, in the modern sense. The, the most popular version of him I, was, was that. I mean, I think, I would tend to think that it works best when you're focusing on the character and the sort of his internal struggle. It's not that different from Superman's in a way, although one of his cultures isn't dead. I, I, might, I always tend to go back to uh, Justice League Year One as being one of my favorite, and it was, it was like, <laughs> I almost said a fish out of water, and then I just tried to think of anything else. Is that, is that, is that, what, is that what the, that's what the whispering where nobody could hear him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like he's, you know, he, he's coming from a different culture, but he's trying to help out with this other thing, and he doesn't, I, you, know, you can't do he doesn't fit in story forever, yeah. but... I don't know. That's that's my my instinct, but that's that's sort of the more human approach as opposed to the big epic story approach. Right. So I think those are two ways to go. I don't think they. Yeah. It's, I mean, as long it's almost to me as long as somebody nails down who the character is and what the character wants, and then you've got something. But I don't know that most. I don't know that that's been done successfully in a while. Yeah. Every version of him is a little different, so that like if you were to ask me what Aquaman is like, I don't know that I can tell right now. He's just heroic. Right. He likes seafood. He likes chowder. It, I thought it was interesting that in this issue this week, when he introduced himself, it, it wasn't "I'm King Arthur." Uh, uh, it was just "I'm Arthur Curry." Yeah, uh, I get they're trying to sort of make him the more casual king, but if they're sort of pumping up the fact that he's the king of the seven seas and that he's the king of more uh, area mass on the globe than anyone else, then they don't really, they haven't really played up the king part. Well, maybe his thing is to just be like, if I just act like I'm one of the people because I really am, you know, like the the. Like, I ended up with all this, like, uh, what's his name uh, in uh, Love Actually? Prime Minister. <laughs> like, right. Just, oh, I just happen to be Prime Minister, but I'm an okay guy. <laughs> like, that's kind but of they, what... But that was, that was what in the beginning, and then by then he had to, he had to be actual, he had to act Prime yeah. Minister. Well, there's your turn. Yeah. Yep. You ever you just grant. think that maybe 60 years of Aquaman story is they just did them all? Well, they're all, they have all been done. It's, it's about finding new variations I, of the old stories. I, <laughs> maybe, maybe we just close up Aquaman. We're done. Just, maybe maybe they just tap out, man. It's okay. <laughs> Who knows? All right. So uh, thank you, Ryan. And you could send in a voicemail uh, if you want to record a voicemail and, uh, with your computer and email it to us. Email it to contact at ifanboy.com. We, we love getting them, so do it. Um, we got time for the email? Yes. Yeah, I think we do. Email comes from Levens from Sydney, Australia, who says, I've been listening to some of your early episodes lately, which fascinates me. And in episode number 187, a listener, his name was pronounced Tuquan, asked you, you the most 2009 question ever. Between Bendis, Kirkman, and Miller, who would you guys consider the best? Connor and Ron said Bendis. Josh said Kirkman. I was curious about how you'd answer that same question seven years later. My guess is all you'd say Kirkman now. Thanks for hosting mm-hmm. my favorite podcast each week. Each week, you inspired me to start my own po- comic book podcast called Serious Issues. Earlier this year, congrats, good job, Levens. Everyone, go check out his podcast. Good um, title, yeah, good, yeah, Serious Issues. It's a good title. Good title. So, um, my reaction to this is, how are you defining "quote unquote" best? See, that's a good. That's the part of the question that's good. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Mm. Right. Well, in two thousand nine, clearly the best was Bendis. He was ruling comics. Yep. Yeah, but I don't think that's what it, like that. If that's not that's, I wouldn't say that's my yardstick for. for well, you didn't pick him. You picked Kirkman. Yeah. Right. Uh, we, you know, I, but he was also writing my favorite books in two, in two thousand nine. Yeah. He was he was still doing Avengers. He was still doing Ultimate Spider Man. Um. So that was an, I think that would have been an easy answer. In when was the manifesto? Uh, uh, it was uh, around, that was around around then. around then. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look that up. Um, so if it's like who's the best person that was 08 it was 08 okay so, so yeah. like who's the best at turning their stuff into success I think that at this point it's, Bendis is out of the running yes if you're looking at it from a sort of commercial standpoint I, 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 don't, give think it, the, I don't think the question is who's the best businessman yeah, okay. the question. Yeah, so well, then, I mean, that's what I meant by who, what's best. Mean, I mean, who's right. telling the yeah. best story? Like, yeah. do we all do we all want to get on the same page for that? I just want to make a pick based on what we think that means. I think it means who's the best storyteller writer. 
Mm. If it's, who's the best Nats. businessman? If it's, if it's the best businessman, it's obviously Robert Kirkland. But well, no, I, I think there's. No. I, th- I know. I think it's Miller too. I think Miller. Miller yeah. I think. I think. I think Kirkman's. A, I think Kirkman has a bigger business empire than Miller does. He does. Maybe, he does, but Miller but is also. Very, I think that. I, th- I feel like with all three of them, they're all very good at the thing that they chose to. To focus on. To focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you're talking about a guy who's Miller, you know, you can make a real like real case for Miller is that he made a thing so he could do his comic books and then farm out the other stuff to make it possible to do more of those comic books and make he actually uses that to make better and better comic books. Like, and, he's like who else, what and, other amazing artists and, can I get? And name any other any other creator who has had as many movies made as he does. Like if you think Great. about it, Mark Miller so, has. So, so who's the best movie maker? No, no, no. no but, that's not the question. No, but but the th- but I think the argument but the, but the argument also is is bolstered by uh, over the past couple of years. What have we been talking about? The renaissance of Mark Miller. No, I mean, think, that's my answer. Yeah, if you ask yeah, if yeah. you're asking right now, who's the best of those three in terms of creating comics, storytelling, writing? It's Miller. For yeah, sure. I agree. That's yeah. my that's what I was going to say too. I think yeah. it, which is really interesting, by the way. Yeah. Because we had all written him off for dead. Yep. But, 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 let me put it this way. If your goal was to be the ultimate ongoing superhero comic book writer, Bendis got what he wanted. Yeah. I mean, he is that. Yeah, he's but the yeah. definition of it. Now yeah, that's and, less and, and, and that he's well, and he's well on his, he's well on the road to becoming uh, Len Wein and Chris Claremont. I mean, he is. He is. I mean, that, I mean, that, oh, I mean, no, like, he's the elder statesman now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, yes, he got Pat Powers as a TV show, but it's not, it's not, you not, know, rock. Is it a TV show? It's on, it's on, it's on PlayStation. It's, it's not rock in the world by any means, you know, and, and Kirk, no, Kirk, no one likes it. Yeah, I know. And I mean, and Kirkman's has, has had his success, but also he hasn't been able to replicate the success of The Walking Dead. And, How- you know, and honestly, like in on the comic side of things, I mean, I you know, like I, he's you know, we we still love Invincible, we still love Walking Dead, but like, are you guys reading Outcast? I am. Yes. Is it good? Yes. We never talked about it on the show. Very different I mean, for him. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of books we don't talk about on the show. It yeah. really, it, no, but it really is one of those things that I read and I kind of like. I don't have a lot to think about it, and so it, again, that's where you give that edge to Miller is that like yeah. he's doing stuff that's wowing us. Whereas, yeah. whereas, I'm actually I am really impressed by Kirkman's stuff. Uh, still, but he's still like I just kind of want to do these things, yeah. and that's cool. I mean, keep in mind that the 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 four four Mark Miller movies have made n- over nine hundred million dollars at the box office. Yeah, I, I think that that that's that combined with the great creative output that he's been doing, I think get, you know, like I, I, there's a strong case to be made of him over Kirkman at this point. So. I would just if I'm just sort of judging that, but they're different things. I yeah. mean, like Kirkman's thing, like clearly he wants to do a long, ongoing comic book series, and they're yeah. good. And and Miller's like, here's another six issues of great. Here's another one, although you know, uh, uh, not, not always. No, I know. So in that sense, like it's all it's more varied. Yeah. I think mean, my choice for best writer is Miller, but. There's no one out. Kirkman is the only one I think right now doing the long, decade-long story. Yeah, true. Agreed. You know, there's no he's you no. Know, there's no Cerebus. There's no Strangers in Paradise. Yeah. You know, the only one I think I'm I'm, I'm the, probably someone doing super indie stuff or smaller stuff. The only one really in any kind of big way doing. I've been telling the story for ten years. Is Kirkman on Invincible and The Walking Dead? Yep, agreed. Yep. And that's something. Quest still going? Uh, no. Uh, Spawn. Uh, but I, tree I, falls I would, in the forest. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that McFarlane. Well, yeah. I guess Savage Dragon too. Yeah. Sa- yep. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, all right. So of these three guys, I would you know they're all telling different kinds of stories. But I think of the one the one I'm enjoying the most is the is the Miller stuff on the yeah. whole. If you had to pick one that you get to keep reading their work, you'd go with Miller. Yeah. That's a tough choice because what if he switches back? I think I could, and that could totally happen. Like yeah. I don't take, I honestly, I don't take anything away from either of those other guys because I feel like they all have slightly different goals in mind. Obviously, Kirkman and Bendis had very different goals in mind. Yeah, you know, but but if you asked Bendis if he could switch places with with Kirkman in his heart, <laughs> of life, what would he say? <laughs> no, he'd never say it. He'd never say it. He'd never say it publicly. Yeah. But you, I mean, like, you think that you know? Of course, of course, he 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 probably wanted powers to be a much bigger thing than it was. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure like that's got to be after working so hard to get it made for all that time to have it sort of 
arrive. Yeah. Like it did. It must have been somewhat of a bummer, only just distance by the time that it took. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I actually haven't seen it. But I haven't I also seen haven't, it either, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen anything that made me want to see it. And I actually I went back and read the books like a year ago, and it's very much like, oh, yeah, that's Bendis. Yep. Yeah. Which which is not as good of a thing as it used to be for me, which is kind of a bummer. All right. Not like Smith. It's not like that. It's not like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. But Good email. It's always fun to revisit a question from nearly 10 years ago. I tried yeah. to look up the question, but I don't think we have any emails older than 2010 in our system anymore. Yeah, and thanks so, to Duquan. Yeah. yeah. For, for so originally write that in so all right so if you have any emails you can if you have any questions for us you can email us or send in a voicemail uh send them all to contact at ifanboy.com don't forget to tell us who you are and where you're from and most importantly how long you thought about it and uh, levin's failed uh to mention that so uh that's oh, not good so points deducted yeah points deducted <laughs> indeed so contact at ifanboy.com Speaking of things that are disappointing, we did a Warcraft podcast. Me and Ron and uh, Mike Romo, a uh, frequent contributor, talked about the film Warcraft a couple, I, a couple weeks ago. I still say that had the movie just had one person say, more work, <laughs> it would have been better. So that, That's all you would have needed. It's a low bar to say yeah. what would have made the movie better. A lot of things would have made a coherent plot, perhaps, would have made the movie better. Possibly. Um, but... Uh, Check that out. It's on the old the feed. It was hidden behind the show. We put it out at the same time as a regular podcast, so it got buried a little bit. So if you can listen to it, uh, it's back there. If you ever played any Warcraft, check it out. I, uh, I've been feeling very strongly I want to play Warcraft 3 again this week. I, I, was, I was feeling the itch, too, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I don't know why, where it came from, but I was sitting there, and I was like, man, I really have to build a, build a town right now. Yeah. I, 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 I looked, and I was like, oh, it doesn't exist for OSX, so I guess I'm out of luck. It does, yeah, it does. You gotta, you gotta, like, you gotta get my disc with like the code, and then you get there's yeah. a patch. It's, it yeah. was, I it was just it, enough to make me not do it, which was the, which was the right thing. Yeah, yeah. If it was on <laughs> Battle.net, like, yeah. Oh man, Frozen oh. Throne. I don't think you can install. You can only install Warcraft Three, or at least the last time I tried. Yeah. Oh man, I did so it good. once. Like, so good. Like, since I moved here, so in the last five years, I definitely did it once. Yeah, I think I played through like a, a, a few levels of the campaign. I got it out of my system and then walked away and uninstalled it. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff indeed. So what, uh, what uh, else we got? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to Tom King and Mitch Garrods of uh, Sheriff of Babylon. Tom King also does the Vision Batman. Um, he's been doing around. So if you you listen to my podcast, uh, there are also lots of others, but they're not as good. Um, because I invited the artist on as well because this is a team sport. I don't, I don't know why you would... No, I'm kidding. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to them, and uh, it, it, was, uh, it was really good to see people uh, respond with uh, that they enjoyed it. So uh, there'll be another one coming up soon-esque. Cool. Excellent. Not with them. I did them already. And Someone else. And as we've mentioned uh, every week since we wrapped up in April and while we were doing it, uh, we did another podcast uh, over over at GoodfellasMinute.com for a podcast called Goodfellas Minute, uh, where we analyzed the movie Goodfellas by Martin Scorsese. It was a blast. We're very proud of it. And you can still listen to it if you haven't had time to. If you're just starting, it's great to see people on Twitter just discovering it and, and listening to it and, and uh, that sort of thing. So if you're looking for a podcast to fill the void of no TV this summer, Go to goodfellasminute.com and you can, you, they're all, it's evergreen. They're not going away. You can download them and listen to them uh, and enjoy the hard work that we put into it. Do you think the listeners are thinking to themselves, how long are they going to keep mentioning this? I well, the answer, that. Is, yeah. the answer is, we're not really sure. <laughs> we're, we we're, wonder, about it. we're wondering the same thing. Yeah. See, we're all together. We're all together in this. Yeah. We don't know. We're not in control of this kind of thing. I don't, it's rare that we're all about. on the same page with everyone and the listeners that we're all on that page. Yep. I just want to make sure they know. <laughs> Head over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show. You can find Josh's Talksplode there. You can find the Warcraft podcast. You can find you can go back further than that. Find you know X Men, Batman, or Superman. All kinds of things are, are there at ifanboy.com for you to listen to. You can also talk about this week's books on the post under the show. You can follow us on Facebook.com/ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. That's where you can find out what the pick is before the pick is the show comes out. And you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan at CS Kilpatrick and at Ronick. So, and if you like this show. Uh, you could write a review on iTunes. You could rate it with rate a rating. It. Ratings. 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 <laughs> we prefer higher ratings, but you have to do what it is for you. You know, and that, that, that only helps if you haven't done that. I, I know there are more people listening than have rated it. Ratings. 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 It's so hard not to do that. 
<laughs> Stormtroopers hitting the ground. Uh, or better yet, uh, 8.5. I've been seeing the tweets from the people who are recommending it on social media, and we always appreciate that as well. So uh, keep that up. Keep doing it. Um, Thank all our viewers. Uh, they're Actually, I don't... Did we not send him the memo, Ron? It turns out they're not viewers. They're not viewers. It turns out they're not. I hate other people's jokes, but it's a really funny joke and it's really fun to do. It's a great joke. Also, this they can. It's like, it's like a so. podcast cover song. That's what yeah, we're yeah. doing. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we're, we're like we're like the the band in like some small Jersey town doing Bon Jovi songs. That's our level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These jokes. True. We're not like you know what's that Beatles cover band that plays Vegas. Um. We, you know, we're not playing the big room in Vegas. We're playing yeah. Smith's Irish Pub in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. The tone isn't quite right. The drummer can't get that one bit of "You Give Love a Bad Name" right. But yeah. we're having fun, and that's what's important. But the crowd loves it because they that's are. What the crowd. The crowd loves a Bon Jovi song because they're drunk and they're in New Jersey. Yeah. What's that's funny is that there there are two types of cover bands, right? There's the cover band that is trying to emulate the band, right? Uh-huh. And then there's the cover band that are just a bunch of dudes playing the songs, and I right. feel like That's we're the la- we're the latter. We're the latter. We're definitely we're like we're just. Well, I'm not pretending of- I'm Tom Cavanaugh. Right. Yeah, that'd exactly. be awesome yeah. to be Tom Cavanaugh. Although I do I do have a lot of respect for the bands that are trying to be the bands they're covering. When you see one of those, it's pretty special. Although I went to the tribute band. Yeah. Tribute band, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to um, this guy's uh, perf- this guy did a show. He's a John Lennon impersonator. And uh, I saw them in L.A. and it was creepy. Oh god, that's that freaks me out. It was really creepy. Yeah, I saw Sean Lennon once and it was also creepy, but for different reasons. <laughs> Eight point five. I think it's it's Rain. Rain, a tribute to the Beatles, is the is the band. Rain, yeah, that, that, yeah. Oh god. There's like a big Pink Floyd one, like Welcome to the Machine or something like that. Yeah. They used to always play in New York and Boston. All right. Well, and there's 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 a there's a ton of Zeppelin ones. I know. And then there's in, in the Kiss Bay, one with people in the Bay Area. There's a uh, there's a Smiths one called This Charming Band. Is 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 the Bay Area the only place that you get away with being a working? No, Smiths no, I'm pre- no. They're they're all over the country. They're all they're all over the country. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But those would be like the same eight people going to each show, like in Nebraska. <laughs> I I I pretty much have got I've seen, I've seen them once. I'm like, ah, that's about enough. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about oh, enough. White Jaguar, look yeah. at that. That's about enough for the show as well, too. Okay, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Eight point five. I'll be appearing in my Cracker tribute band this weekend. Oh God, I hated Cracker so much. <laughs> I give that joke a seven point five. See you next week. <laughs>